0: Yeah, this year I was when I was preparing for the sermon, I was uh, looking to see like what do I what do I want to do for, like go on Google and see what things happened this year and put up there, and I really didn't find too many things that I wanted to do, or talk about in this sermon, so I didn't do any of those. So, but like we have no idea what's going to happen this year, do we? We 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 don't. And when you're entering into this new year, how do you how do you come towards it? Do you do you come with it with anxiety? fear do you have confidence in what's going to happen this year you're you're okay you're like ah, whatever you know whatever's going to come it's going to come or are you excited about what god's going to bring this year you know we don't know what's going to happen but we i can say this no matter what happens christ is still lord He is king of kings and lord of lords and is on the throne, and he is in control, and it's going to be okay. We know the end. We know what's going to happen. Amen? Amen. And I also can say this, that as long as Peace Church is here, we are going to continue to preach the gospel of Jesus Christ, and we want to help you grow and be more and more like Jesus Christ. We want the people of Peace Church to be like the wise man who builds his house on the rock, who listens to the words of Christ, and does the words of Christ and practices them so that no matter what comes, the rains and the thunder and, and all the things that earth can that this this world can bring towards us, we can stand firm on the rock of Jesus Christ. So this morning, if you'd open your Bibles to Acts chapter 2, we're going to be looking at verses 42 through 47 of Acts chapter 2. This morning our scripture, I want to look at. we're going to be looking at the necessity of having a devoted biblical community that is growing and serving together for the glory of God. Let's read this passage. You'll also be up on the screen here for you. Acts 2, 42 through 47 And day by day, attending the temple together and breaking the bread in their homes, they received their food with glad and generous hearts, praising God and having favor with all the people, and the Lord added to their number day by day those who were being saved. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we come to you this morning, and we praise you. We can look throughout history. We can see all the things that have happened and know it's it's all part of your plan, You were working things towards Jesus coming the first time, and born as a baby, we just celebrated that, and growing up without sin, dying on the cross for our sins, raising again the third day, ascending to heaven, and now we await for you to return again as your church, Lord. Lord, just bless our time here this morning. Give me the words to preach. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. So I just want to give you some context on this passage of where we're at. This is a couple months after the crucifixion and resurrection of Jesus. The disciples, had, they had just witnessed Jesus, his ascension, and they were told to go to Jerusalem. And Jerusalem is packed, it's the Feast of Pentecost, known as the Day of First Fruits. It's the anniversary of the giving of the Law of Moses, and people from all over have come to, to celebrate that in Jerusalem. The Pharisees are probably not think, thinking, they probably dodged a bullet, And many probably weren't thinking about Jesus too much, but little did they know that the kingdom of God is just getting warmed up. So we see in Acts chapter one, the Holy Spirit comes on, on the apostles, and we see the Holy Spirit comes on to Peter, and Peter, who had denied Christ three times, now filled with the Holy Spirit, stands up in front of this crowd, which some of them, a couple months ago, may have been yelling, crucify him. We don't know, but it's a possibility and preaches the gospel powerfully, and many are saved. And our verses, they, they flow out of these verses in Acts two, thirty seven, when it says, And now when they heard this, they were cut to the heart, and said to Peter and the rest of the apostles, Brothers, what shall we do? And Peter said to them, Repent and be baptized every one of you in the name of Jesus Christ for the forgiveness of your sins and you will receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. Then it says, "So and there were added that day about 3,000 souls. So 3,000 people come to Christ that day. As I was studying this chapter, we, we see our verses that we are studying flow out of that. And we see this and, and is there, and they devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching. And awe came upon every soul, and all who believed were together and had all things in common. And they were selling their possessions, and day by day, and the Lord added to their number day by day. So we can see that flowing out of their confession of faith and flowing out of them being saved and receiving the Holy Spirit, the early church started gathering together, They saw that they were together, being together and having community and doing things that they were doing were of the utmost importance. And so we'll look at today, because we are saved, our devotions should change. And because we are saved, we should be generous with our possessions. And because we are saved, we should love to worship together. And because we are saved, we should see God saving the lost. First up uh, with this, because we are saved, our devotion should change. We see here that they were devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and fellowship. So the apostles' teaching is, is equals the word of God. So they were devoted to the word of God. They were devoted to fellowship with each other. It is a priority to them. It so says they were devoted to the breaking of bread, which is, is the Lord's table. And then devoted to prayer. And prayer together was common. So when we think of devotions in our context, like when I hear that word devotions, I immediately go to when you wake up in the morning or in the evening before you go to bed, you have your devotional and you read a devotion, right? Well, in this context, and that's good in everything, but in this context, their devotions being devoted to being together. In the word of God, you know, we see this. We don't see them saying they immediately started having quiet time in the morning, Now, quiet time is something that we should be doing. Don't don't negate that. But many times in our culture, we are so individualistic that the quiet times become the main thing. When really quiet times is an add-on to the church, it's a good thing, studying the Bible on our own. But we should be devoted to gathering together and hearing the word of God and hungering for more. At Peace Church, we want to be gospel-centered, we want the, the word of God to be central, knowing that it's sufficient, that it's inerrant, that it, it has no error, that it is, it is, we can trust it. And there's many things in this world that we cannot trust, but we can trust the word of God. To know God is to love God, and God has re- revealed himself to us in his word. Peace Church, we need to be dedicated to knowing God through his word. We also see that fellowship to them. They're devoted to fellowship, and fellowship with other believers was a priority. We live in a very busy society. How many of you were very busy over the holidays? It was like, man, I go back to work, I can r- relax a little bit. <laughs> but yeah, very busy. Even we, we go from one thing to another, and we're kept busy, busy, busy. I understand. Sometimes serving in the church or, or gathering together can seem Like, oh, it's just another thing. I understand that I was in ministry for 13 years and then worked at a school for five years before I came to peace. And I know what it's like to work 40 plus hours. It was a good reminder God gave me in those five years to work 40 plus hours and then to volunteer my time on on a weeknight or to volunteer my time to to get up early on a Sunday morning. Our people who who do worship here, are you here at 6 a.m.? They're here at 6 a.m., so they, they, that is some dedication. But we always make time for what we prioritize, don't we? We always do. What if at Peace Church we reversed the trend that many American Christians have fallen into, of fitting church into our lives when it doesn't get in the way of our priorities? I know many of you do. But what if we, as a whole, What if we made gathering together and fellowship with each other and hearing the word of God the priority and other parts, school, sports, leisure, work, which are all not bad things. They are made to work around the fellowship with other believers. Imagine what we could do if we were learning and growing together in that area. Also, corporate prayer. Praying together is common. We struggle praying sometimes personally. I know I do. I forget at times. And this has fallen, gathering together has fallen out of, in our culture, where people just gather to pray. There are some people on Thursday, some women who gather and they pray together. That's a great thing. And we hope to do that more and more. It can be intimidating though, can it? To to open our mouths and to utter prayers in front of other people, especially if the first person praying prays in King James. And then we get all nervous because they sound holier, holier than holy. And I can't pray like that. But don't. God loves an honest and open heart that prays. And gather together and to pray together, to fellowship together, to celebrate the Lord's Supper together. The sacrament of the Lord's table is very important. Christ instituted it for us to remember, to receive him. We're going to be doing that here at the end of the service. We're going to be partaking of the lord's table together what a great blessing that is also because we are saved we should be generous with our possessions we see here continuing on it says and all who believed were together and had all things in common and they were selling their possessions and belongings and distributing the proceeds to all as any had need so these people had a proper view of their possessions. Their fellowship was so close, they knew each other's needs, and their love was so great for each other that they sacrificed to meet each other's needs. So a proper view of possessions. They had all things in common. We live in a society that can be very materialistic, and we just celebrated a holiday that has turned into very materialistic. I, I watch, I have grandkids now, and I watch Paw Patrol with them, and we, we DVR it, and and so I always want to forward it through the, the commercials, but they don't want to. You know why? Because all the toys are in the commercials, and they're like, I want that. I want that, thinking I'm going to get it for them. Well, we probably will. But, um, <laughs> but you know, and we need to have an attitude that all the things that have been given to us and we've been blessed with by God are, are good things, but we are just stewards of God's good gifts. Stewards of that that he is the owner of all good things. We have have been blessed, we have blessings to share, rather than just things to own. And the question that I ask myself is, do you own your possessions or do they own you? Do you hold your possessions with a closed fist, or do you hold your possessions with an open hand, knowing that every good and perfect gift comes from God? And it is to be blessed, you are blessed, but it is also to bless others. Their fellowship was also so close, they knew each other's needs. They, their church was like a family. They knew each other. They were known. They were being known. And You all are 930 goers. I mean, how many of you, that lobby out there sometimes, you know, how, many, how can I know what your needs are if all I do is see you in the lobby and say, hey, have a good week. Thanks for coming. If you come in and then you go out, we're so glad that you came. But how, how can we as a church know that you have a need? How can you know that others have needs that you can help them out? We want to create ways here that we can care for you and that you can care for others. But we must be in contact with a group of people that cares for us. Also, their love was so great for each other that they sacrificed to take care of each other's needs. They were fulfilling the command of Christ, as he said in John chapter 13. It says, a new commandment I give to you, that you love one another. Just as I have loved you, you are also to love one another. By this, all people will know that you are my disciples, if you have love for one another. We see at the beginning of verse 47 where it says, and having favor with all people. They they were recognizing it. People around were seeing, wow, these people really care for each other. God has made a big difference in their lives. Look at what they are doing. Question for you. I, ask, I always preach these to myself before I come preach it to you, so don't think I'm just pointing a finger. Would, would we be willing to sell good things to take care of the needs of others? Do we have room in our budget to be generous? to other people, to take care of them as they have needs. Something to think about. Also, because we are saved, we should love to worship together. It says, and and day by day, attending the temple together and breaking bread in their homes, they received their food with glad and generous hearts. They attended the temple together. They had a together mindset. Question for you. We all kind of sit in the same area, don't we? We get in kind of patterns where we sit in church. I do. I always sit right over there pretty much every time. Do you know the people that sit around you? Do you know them? Have you introduced yourself to them so that you can know? Never worship alone. We should know the people around us. It's so easy, and I do it myself. I come in, I'm focused on something, and and I don't think to do that. I just want you to uh, challenge for each of you to find two people that you have never talked to and get to know them each month and look out for them. And then when they, someone introduces themselves to you that you don't know, just say, you're just doing it because the pastor's told you to. Don't say that. <laughs> get to know people around here. It, it, is, it can be difficult. To worship together. Enjoy each other. They met in each other's homes as well. It said 3,000 of them were saved. I don't think any of us, even as blessed in America as we are, we have a home that could fit 3,000 people. And they were eating together. They had glad and generous hearts. And they were growing together, and they were actually becoming, they would be a threat eventually to those who are in charge. We also see this. Because we are saved, we should see God saving the lost. It says here, that, Praising God and having favor with all the people, and the Lord added to their number, day by day, those who are being saved. So I say, May our love for God and each other be so evident that people on the outside of Peace Church want to know more. That our actions would give opportunity to proclaim the goodness of God, to proclaim the good news of Jesus Christ to a world that needs a Savior, to a world who needs firm footing because things are changing so quickly every day. And also may our love for God and the lost be so strong that we will not hesitate to share the gospel with the lost that we encounter. May we love people enough to share with them The good news of Jesus Christ, even though it might cause some uncomfortable situations. And believe me, it does. A few weeks ago, if you remember, um, Pastor Kevin Harney preached, um, it was a month ago or so, I can't remember exactly, but it was a little while ago. Uh, As pastors, we attended a a session with him, some training that week. And he asked this question that that cut to my heart, and I'm going to ask it to you this morning. If everyone was as passionate for, the lost, as, for lost people as I am, would that be good? If everyone was as passionate for lost people as I am, would that be good? Challenge you to start praying that God would give you a passion for lost people and that in this next year, we will see hundreds, if not thousands, of people in this area come to Christ. Wouldn't that be awesome? Just to see that This church is more full than it is now because people are coming to know the Lord Jesus as their Savior. So, the result of what these early Christians started. Let's look at this. Let's look at what what did these people do that did not have the internet, that did not have the the mail service that we have right now, delivering mail, UPS, all of these things. They, They didn't have the telephone. How, How? that's antiquated now, right? <laughs> A telephone in their house or anything. They didn't have the telegraph, t- 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 you know, doing Morse code. Or they had none of that. The Pony Express, none of those things. What did they do? It's interesting here. If you look here in the, in the, the orange, this are, these were Christianized areas by 325. And from Egypt to Spain is the same distance as from Middleville, Michigan to Los Angeles, California. And by 620, 600, these all were Christian areas. What's interesting for these orange areas here, by 325, our Christian brothers and sisters faced horrible conditions. These were the emperors, the Caesars, that persecuted them. Don't have time to go into what they did. You can look it up. Nero, Domitian. Severus, not Severus Snape, but Severus. Okay, there's not many Harry Potter fans in here. <laughs> Maximus, Decius, Valerian, Aurelian, and Diocletian. All of these Caesars made, if you didn't say Caesar was Lord, if you wouldn't say that, Christians wouldn't because they would only say Jesus is Lord. You were, the Colosseums and all those things were happening to our early brothers and sisters. Yet, this is what they did. And then we can see in the long term, here we are in Middleville, Michigan, 2022, about 2,000 years later, in the United States of America, worshiping Jesus Christ, preaching the same gospel with the same word. That should give us great, great confidence in what God has done and is going to do. The church, though, in America, seems to be losing ground in our society. And what is our part at Peace Church? Well, it starts individually, I would say. It starts with pointing the finger back to ourselves, each one of us looking and doing some soul-searching. What are we doing? There's a story told in the time, at the Times of London at one point in the early 1900s, posed a question to several prominent authors. And they asked the question, What's wrong with the world today? Well, one known author named G.K. Chesterton, he responded with this. Dear sir, I am yours, G.K. Chesterton. So I want to ask these questions and questions to ask yourself. First of all, do I know Jesus Christ as my Savior? Do you know Christ as your Lord and Savior? That's the the most important question you could answer. Please come to him as Christ, as your Savior. Next, what am I devoted to? Or am I having fellowship that challenges me to grow closer to God? Do I love worshiping with my church family? And am I seeing others come to Christ? Some questions to to think upon, to dwell upon. At Peace Church, we've experienced some huge growth in this last year. Last year, around this time, we were averaging between 650 and 700 on Christmas Eve. We had 1,398 people come to the three services on Christmas Eve. But one of the challenges that brings is it's easy to not be connected to a group of people at this church and to not be known or to know people in a deeper way. Ask a question, how many of you have been here for five years or more? Raise your hand. How many of you two to five years how many of you zero to two years have been here zero to two years? Raise your hand. Look around. That's the majority of the people have been here zero to two years at this church. How many less than a year? Yeah. We've, God is blessed and we've grown. But we want to encourage you to, to continue to come, and we love to peop, everyone that's, that's coming, but we really want to encourage you to become connected to a community and to grow in the Lord even more. We want to know you more. We want to know your needs. We want to connect with you and, and help you grow in the Lord. So a couple of things you can do. You can, you can volunteer. What a great thing to, I know that I've grown, some of the most I've ever grown is when I've served and volunteered in areas. And Pastor Ryan's going to be preaching a a series starting next week called The Church Empowered, Learning and Unleashing Your Spiritual Gifts. So coming to know each one of you has a gift that you've been given to, to use, to serve, and to bless others with. Also become a member. January 12th, January 19th, we have membership classes. That will meet on Wednesday nights from 6.30 to 8. I teach those. It's a good time. We'd love to see you there even if you come and you're not quite ready to become a member yet but come and learn more about our church and what we're doing here and ask questions and also join a discipleship community so we have three discipleship communities here at peace church we have men's ministry which they meet on saturday mornings and they they have a bible study and then meet in groups and those groups they they talk about things they're devoted to prayer devoted to these things we have also, women's ministry, which meets Thursday morning and which meets Thursday evening. And then we have starting, we're kind of relaunching or launching community groups, which were called growth groups. And just want to encourage you to become part of one of these groups. These groups will help you be devoted to the word of God and fellowship and prayer. They'll be help you to be generous when needs are presented. To, they'll be, help you to worship together with others and help you see the lost come to Christ. So this morning, I also have Pastor Travis, who's in charge of our men's ministry, Cheyenne Werner, who is in charge of women's ministry, and then Rachel Bailey, who is uh, this community life director. I can't believe I almost didn't remember that, Rachel. So Pastor Travis, just tell us a little bit about men's ministry and what's going on. Yeah, thanks, Pastor Darrell.
1: Um, wow, what a... Great reminder this morning of what it means to be the church. I can't think of a better way to start the year than to be reminded of what it means to be the church you killed it this morning. I'm just so challenged by uh, the vision you've given and from God's word. And so I had the great joy of leading um, our discipleship communities for men. And so we're really excited as we kick off the, the year. Uh, we're going to kick off with a conference for men. And here at Peace Church, I think we have 400 plus men. And I'd love to see 400 plus men here in two weeks. Amen. On Saturday, January 15th, we're going to have a conference called Ignition. And at that conference, we're going to be re-earning our lives on uh, the words of Jesus Christ, looking at the Sermon on the Mount. And so I would like to encourage all men that I see out here and the men that are watching to register for that conference. We're going to really be digging in and spending one day just really re-earning our lives as we start 2022 on the rock of Jesus Christ. So come for Ignition Conference. And then afterwards, the following Saturday, we're going to kick off an eight-week study in the book of Exodus as men. And we're going to have discipleship communities and groups that are going to be here on Saturday mornings for breakfast, Bible study, and brotherhood. And so those are two uh, opportunities for men that we really love all men to consider and be a part and register for this very soon. And then, before I turn it over to um, Cheyenne and Rachel, I want to encourage and challenge you, as Gerald's been sharing... Is that in 2022, if you're not a part of a discipleship community here at Peace Church, that you would choose to be part of one, whether it be men's or women's mm-hmm. or community groups, just get plugged into one of those communities because that's how we're going to grow. And Daryl's given a great vision of why that's critical, important from the book, the Word of God in Acts 2. So um, those are the men's opportunities, and Cheyenne's going to share a little bit about our discipleship communities for women.
2: Thanks, Travis. So my name is Cheyenne Werner. I oversee the women's ministry here at Peace. Um, Our goal for women's ministry is to help ladies make connections, so connections with the Lord through his word, through prayer, and through fellowship with other women. One of the things that I hear over and over from women who have been involved in um, the Bible study and in mentoring is just how um, cared for they have felt, and how genuine people have been, and how those things have just drawn them deeper into an understanding of the word and a love for Jesus, so... We have two primary um, ways that you can get involved in women's ministry. We have our mentoring ministry, which always kicks off in the fall, so watch for that um, here, you know, after summer time. And then we have our women's Bible study. We have um, are starting that on January 13th, so you have one more week to sign up. Um, I'll have some of these cards out by the welcome center with a QR code for you to just real easy register for that, and we'll be studying along along with the men. Um, the book of Exodus, about our God of deliverance. Um, I hope that you will join us, ladies,
3: and feel free to come find me out in the Welcome Center after the service. Awesome. And I am Rachel Bailey. I am the Community Life Director here, and I have had the honor of partnering with Pastor Daryl in relaunching our community group's ministry. And we believe here at Peace that uh, true discipleship happens primarily in authentic biblical community. And you're hearing about three opportunities for that today. And one of those is the opportunity for families, couples, single people to get involved in a community group that meets in people's homes. And in a community group, this is where you're going to get to know the people that you will call family here at Peace. Um, these are the people that you will be Uh, studying the word with, worshiping with, serving with, and just doing life with. We just need those people in our lives. Um, We have the opportunity for you to get involved in many different groups with different demographics, different times for meeting and all of that. Um, So, Really, in whatever stage of life you're in, we have a place for you to feel blessed and edified in. Um, So, It's actually a pretty simple first step for you guys. If you do want to get involved, you just go to peacechurch.cc slash community groups or I also have QR codes out in the Welcome Center Um, and you can ask me any questions you have out there as well. That's also for anyone that is interested in leading. Um, I would love to talk to you about that. We need more leaders as well. So thank you.
0: Thanks, guys. Appreciate it. I just want to once again reiterate how is it's a way that we can get to know each other and get to be able to connect with one another is through these discipleship communities. I mean, don't, don't forsake gathering together here on Sunday mornings, but one hour and 168 hours in a week is, is not enough. And so I just want to encourage you to, to make that, that choice to, to be connected more to the body of Jesus Christ through a discipleship community. Um, also, if um, this is your first week and you would like to actually find out more about our church, um, it would be great if you came and, um, and filled out one of these cards that's in front of you. And then you can go back to where our Welcome Center, and someone will take that and we'll contact you this week and answer your questions about what's going on at, at Peace Church. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we, we come to you this morning. Lord, and we thank you that we just saw you in the book of Acts. We can see how you're working in, in the church at that time, how you saved 3,000 souls, and then how they, they came together And we're hungry for the word and fellowship and taking care of each other and seeing the lost come to Christ. Lord, we thank you for that, Lord. And we thank you that we sit here today in 2022 with the same Savior who is oh so good, Jesus Christ. And we thank you for that, Lord. Lord, as we come together at at the Lord's table here and we partake of the, the bread which signifies your broken body, we thank you, Lord, for dying on the cross and being broken for our sins that we can have forgiveness. We thank you, Lord, for your shed blood that covers our sins. Lord, we thank you for the resurrection. Lord, we remember what you did for us, but Lord, we also look forward to the day when we can celebrate with you in person, where the fullness of God will be with us, where you wipe away every tear. And once again, the presence of God will be with mankind. And we thank you and praise you, and we, that, that is our hope. Lord, just bless us this year as we go forward as Peace Church to to come together loving you and loving our neighbor as ourselves. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.